Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about what it takes to create an extraordinary level of confidence, to break through old, long-standing patterns of self-doubt, hesitation, fear, staying in situations that don't serve you, where you're not able to fully be yourself, where you're not supported, where you're struggling, whether that's a relationship or a work circumstance or some situation in your life that honestly, if you had more confidence, you wouldn't tolerate. You'd say, you know, enough of this. And we're going to talk about what it takes to to make a shift from living in that confined or restricted way to really living fully as yourself, uh, going for what you want in life, creating deeper relationships, letting go of the old, stepping into the new. And what's even better is instead of me telling you about it, we have someone today who can tell you about it from firsthand experience that he's lived Uh, is an amazing man. He's a member of a mastermind program uh, that I run called the Unstoppable Confidence Mastermind. He's been that program for several years. And the reason I wanted to interview him is because his experience, his progress is truly outstanding. And we have people in this program who, who make major life changes and completely upgrade their identity from social anxiety and nice and overly pleasing to being bold and authentic and direct and leaders in their lives. So we have that uh, repeat for a number of members, but something about Trevor is definitely outstanding in in his willingness, his speed, his uh, grasping of the material. And I said, you know what, Trevor, I got to interview you because there's a way that you're approaching this program and learning that we all can benefit from. And actually through this interview, you'll see why the name of this episode is 100% willing. And that gives a clue as to how Trevor is so successful. So let's dive into that interview now. Welcome. This is an interview for Shrink for the Shy Guy that we're also posting on Get More Confidence YouTube channel. So bonus. And we are here with a special guest, someone who I love spending time with. His name is Trevor Swanson. And Trevor, I've had the, the privilege of doing coaching work with for two years now, little little just beyond two years. And uh, Trevor is one of the most rapid learning, implementing, growing machines I've ever come across. And so just recently, I was looking to say, okay, who do I need to interview? And I was like, we need to interview Trevor, because there's some way that you show up in your life um, that, that leads to, to rapid growth. And um, the growth is in confidence, which is what we're all here to build in and, and freeing ourselves from self-doubt blocks. And so as we go through this conversation here with you, Trevor, I think the audience is going to be able to uh, leave here with, with more tools and skills 
to make those rapid changes because that's something I've seen you do above and above and beyond. So thank you so much for being here with us, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. Very welcome. Thanks for having me. And I'm excited for this. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think the best place for people to, to get a sense of, uh, before we talk about the how and the get in there, kind of, can you give us a little bit of a snapshot of where you were a couple years ago before we met? And then, and then we'll, so we'll start with that. And then I'll ask you about now, and then we can talk about how you did that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, snapshot a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I worked at a fast food restaurant. I worked at Taco Bell. I was a shift manager there and uh, did not enjoy what I did, but I did that mainly because I was trying to build a business at the time. I was reaching out to a bunch of e-commerce companies offering Facebook ads, but I was really too afraid to sell. Um, I would set sales appointments and then I cancel them just because I didn't have, uh, I wasn't willing to do that. Uh, meanwhile, like during my everyday life, it was a very, very stressful job, a lot of kind of abuse in the workplace, like very, very toxic environment um, a lot of the time. Um, I was, I mean, I'm generally a happy guy, but I think my emotions were definitely a little bit more down at that point in time. Friendships, you know, I had some friends, but nothing that I really felt like super energized and inspired by. So yeah, it's a little bit of a, a snapshot there. Yeah, appreciate that. Before we get to the now, yeah, we'll, we'll build that up. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> A couple questions. So uh, you were working at the, your shift manager. Were you kind of before then, were you sort of like always ambitious, like looking to see what you could do? Were you focused on career and growth and all that? Or was it, is it, was it not as much of a focus for you? Like, where, where were you at then? Oh yeah. I mean, I'd say like, I, I don't know, probably from the time I was like 12 or 13, like I was somewhat ambitious. Like I took, you know, in high school, I took, you know, all honors classes, all AP classes, graduated with half a college degree. I read hundreds of books. Um, I was experimenting with different businesses. I tried doing some advertising online, a bunch of different projects and experiments that I'd done at. Um, however, you know, I'd gone to college and uh, it's actually a private Christian community college or not community college, but a private Christian college. And I dropped out of there because I was like, this is not what I want to do. I'd read, you know, some books on entrepreneurship wanted to create my own business. So did a bunch of experiments with that. Nothing really took off. I'd done some traveling as well. Like I'd been to Colombia, you know, I traveled actually all throughout South America. I've been to El Salvador, Guatemala, et cetera. But I just wanted to kind of live life on my own terms. I wanted to be a business owner. And then in the meantime, if you don't have a college degree at that time, I just tried to get a job where I could have the ideal schedule because I had the exact hours that I wanted. So then I could also have some time during the week where I'd be able to set up a business. Mm. That's kind of a, a backdrop of ambition there yeah well you know there's a lot of people that uh, and in this i see this come up um you know the way that trevor and i know each other is through uh the context mainly of working together in, in a, the mastermind program that i run the unstoppable confidence mastermind and i see this in people everywhere and i'll even see it in the mastermind too that especially as people grow in their confidence in the program one place they they start to utilize that confidence is in work and their career and they start to explore their options. And one of the options is like, well, hey, maybe I want to start my own thing or run my own business or do consulting, or they start to look outside of the, the set channels in career and professions. And, and then there's this like big kind of back and forth drama of like, oh, but it's going to be so hard. And I put all this time into it. And I don't know. And, and you sound like, okay, I'm going to work here so I can work you know, these hours and I can do this other thing on the side. Um, 
do you have that resistance to work or you, how do you see like working or working multiple jobs or working long hours or what's your perception of that? I mean, so I think it's certainly changed over time. Like at that time I was working Fridays. Those were 16 hour days for me. Like it was very, very long, but it's like, okay, this gets me the schedule that I want. And it's like, okay, how can I make this happen at the time? That's like what I viewed as this is the best path forward uh, for me. Then after that, um, kind of next step, I went to work at a car dealership because, um, you know, at the time I'd been trying to build a business and it's like, okay, my missing skill set here and I'd read in the book is sales. I got to learn how to sell. Um, so I wanted to go work at that car dealership. I basically had to put all business aside and just because that uh, it consumed up a lot of time. Like I'd work anywhere from 55 to 70 hour weeks. Um, and it's just like, that was, I wanted to learn a skill set that would like set me up for the future. Um, so mm. just like, all right, this is worth it. Um, yeah, at that time, it was kind of more money focused and skills focused. I really want to set myself up so I can do what I wanted to do long term. So yeah, I love that. What I'm hearing there is I'm willing. And this is a question I'll often ask people, are you willing to be uncomfortable now in order to create something extraordinary? And I can see that like, you're like, okay, I'm willing to be, you know, whatever, take learning the skills and putting in the hours because I know this is going to set me up for a skill for the long term. Let's talk about that leap because I was a I I didn't know you before you uh, were working in in as a shift manager, but then I I did I was able to observe as you made that shift from that to the car sales. And uh what there was definitely some doubt that came up that voice that says don't you can't whatever tell us a little bit about what what were the what was the getting in the, what was the doubt and how did you how did you take that leap yeah so i'd say the number one thing um it was my self-esteem at that time i had low self-esteem i was willing to put up with abusive relationships and willing to take abuse and essentially my work relationships that i had at taco bell like it, they were abusive you know a lot of people there were addicted to drugs i worked with a felon i worked with so a lot of people who, uh, they were not emotionally healthy people. And it was one day I was at the gym and I remember being on the treadmill. And I thought, I value myself more than this. I value myself more than this. And in that moment, I thought, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something. I think it was around that point that I decided to put in a, uh, a hot seat application to have a coaching session with you. It's like, I want to move past this. I want to go get a job in sales. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, part of me was also terrified of getting fired because I thought, I believed at that time that I wasn't cool enough, emotionally intelligent enough, savvy enough to be able to get a job in sales and succeed. Now, I'd always been kind of like a nice guy, sensitive guy. And I just thought, oh, there's no way I could handle that rejection. So I remember one time it was at, uh, when I was working at Taco Bell, I met this guy, he worked in car sales and I asked him, hey, what is it that you do? And he told me that. And I said, really, what did it take to learn how to do that? says, you know, it means being able to walk up to 10 people, ask them to buy a car and having seven of them tell you no. Um, and so I said, I can do that. Um, if you can do that, test it out. Now that wasn't like right after that, I thought, oh, I'm going to sign up, but it's just, you know, kind of an idea that I got. And so I didn't think I'd be able to handle that rejection. So yeah. And to the seed. Yeah. Well, that's most human. Like most people think they can't handle that and avoid and avoid it. Um, and, and yet you were drawn to, cause you saw that this is a pathway to the future that I want. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to work at a car dealership and selling cars forever, but I want the ability to sell. I want that rejection tolerance and capacity. Yeah. You know, cause like I wanted to, I wanted, I want to be a business owner and it's like, ultimately like that, that's what I want. And, uh, 
I'd read in a book, uh, the 10 pillars of wealth. And he said, number one skill that you got to learn is sales. So I was like, all right, I'm doing it. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is definitely true is if you want to run a business, you have to know sales, even if you're going to outsource it at some point, you have to know it. You have to know that way you can know if your salespeople are, are good <laughs> and then ultimately be able to, you know, and pretty much most people I know who run businesses, and this might be different if someone's like creating a very large uh, organization from the, from the get go, but most, you know, solopreneurs who then maybe turn into business owner, you know, larger business owners, they, they're the best at selling their own, whatever they, whatever their thing is, because, you know, that's how they learned. And so I agree, super valuable skill set. Also super terrifying. <laughs> I, I had the same just panicky fear because I had done um, therapy. I offered therapy as a therapist, but there was no, really no sales involved in that. It, most people that called you generally wanted to work with me. I mean, there was a little bit of sometimes someone would drop off, but, and then when I got into the coaching world, it was a lot more like very unknown when I talked to someone, if they were going to work with me or not, even if they really needed or wanted the service, it was just like, it just be, it was a whole different ball game. And so I had to talk to a lot of people and I had to hear a lot of no's and it was so freaking uncomfortable. So you well done taking the, uh, taking the bold action. And then you, you get to this, uh, car dealership. How did you set yourself up to succeed? Once you've taken the leap, right? You know, you got there. How did you, did you put thought in like how I'm going to show up, what I'm going to do here? Like, what was your game plan kind of going yeah. in to really get the most out of it? Yeah, 100%. So like in that book, I mentioned the 10 pillars of wealth in there. He shares like this little parable of two guys who start at a car dealership. And one of them, he just goes out and he deals with the problem. What is his first problem? I got to get a customer. I got to go talk to somebody. And the whole way through over like a 30 day time period, the parable goes, he's just always focusing on that next problem. Okay, now I need to learn how to get a script. Now I need to learn how to pitch. Now I need to learn how to handle objections. But it's just get to that point and deal with the problem in front of you. Go talk to as many people as possible. Mm. And it kind of gave like this warning parable of this guy who, oh, I've heard that you got to have a good script first. Um, so then he goes and does a bunch of research before he tries to go out and talk with somebody. And he's like, oh, okay, I know you got to handle objections first. So then he tries to go do a whole bunch of research before he hears an objection. And he's like, oh, okay, I know that sometimes people tell false information about the cars, but then oh, I got to go learn everything about every single car here before I go out and try to sell something. Mm. And uh, at the end of the 30 days, the guy who just went out there and took massive action, made tons and tons of mistakes, he had people return cars. He ended up selling way more than almost anybody else there. And the manager said, all right, we want to keep you. You're one of our best salesmen. And uh, meanwhile, the other guy, he hadn't really sold anything. So he's like, sorry, buddy, we got to let you go because he had tried to overprepare. So like when I got to that car dealership, I thought, all right. I'm not going to be that. I I'm going to be the first guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm being the guy number one here. I'm not going to be the guy who's just like inside studying, studying stuff all day because it's a waste of time. So my first day there, boom, I go out. I try to talk with every single person that I possibly can. I made a lot of mistakes. It was actually my first two weeks out on the floor. I brought in a lot of different people, you know, because there's a huge parking lot full of cars. And so you try to bring people in to bring them through your process. I brought in a lot of people, but I didn't have any skills. So they'd end up walking out. My manager was, he took me off the floor for a week and just like, all right, we got to get you trained up a bit more. So at that time, you know, I was also reading some books and I bought this course by Grant Cardone all about selling. And so I just, I sat at the table and I'd read, I went through that every single day. Okay. And I'm starting to learn some of the information. And uh, then I went right back out there and started applying the information that I learned once I'd already you know been able to talk with a bunch of people. And uh, yeah, from there, I just kept on learning and learning and learning. And one thing I was known for at the car dealership was 
I would talk to more people than almost anybody else. Like almost every single person that entered in the dealership was filtered through me. Is like, okay, is this somebody who can buy a car? So it's just, it's talking to as many people as I possibly could. And yeah, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of awkward conversations that I had um, and lots of mistakes that I made, but it's just, all right, how can I talk to as many people as possible? I got to hit my numbers and I want to learn the skill set and I want to make some money. So, yeah. So what you're describing as the parable would suggest from the book about how to build wealth is the most effective approach, right? And and if we were to ask anyone, you know, listening to this right now, what, you know, and present them with person A and person B or present them with what you did versus someone who's like hiding in the back, trying to come up with their ultimate script and not talk to anybody, everyone would probably say like, oh yeah, option A, what, what Trevor did was the way to go. Most people don't do that though. Even if they know hypothetically that that's going to be the most effective because they don't want those awkward conversations because of the self-doubt because of the judgment because of the fear you had those fears you had those doubts do you did you do something specifically or how how did you just because the way you're describing it it sounds like someone who didn't have those things right there's you just kind of are able to operate even though those are there so Tell us a little bit more about how, how do you do that? Are you aware of how you did that? Um, yeah. Um, so that was actually, that's kind of a, an interesting point just because before I started doing that, I didn't know if I'd be able to or not. Just like, Ooh, that doesn't seem like me. You know, I'd always kind of been a little bit shy. <laughs> and then uh, I showed up and it was just like, all right, it's go time. And part of that too is because like you're in an environment where it's like, that is expected of you. That is the norm is we go do this. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a peer pressure. I'm a competitive guy. So it's like, all right, I got to beat out those other guys. And you know, you see other guys go walk up to people. It's like, it, it's, it's kind of a game that you play. And it's like, nope, I'm gonna talk with more people. I'm gonna beat you. And so I was kind of like poised. Um, and it's just, mm -hmm. all right, we got to go. But yeah, I felt, you know, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Like, I've shared this before with you, but like, I woke up with anxiety for months. I wake up with that from my sleep and I'd feel anxiety before work and before work. And I try to listen to like one of your videos as I'm walking to work. And, um, I try to set myself up as much, but it's pretty much just like, all right, I'm feeling anxiety. It's all this pressure and uncomfortable feelings swirling in my chest. And it's like, go time. And it's just, you kind of, you're blindfolded, but you just walk forward anyway. And it's just like, all right, we're going to do it. So yeah. it's kind of a level of resolve as well as a level of mindfulness. And I remember distinctly saying this too, like I'd, like, as I'd walk out on the lot, as I try to reframe it, it's like, okay, you're in, you're in my parking lot right now. Um, welcome here. Welcome here. I'm going to go talk with you. Welcome to my parking lot. And so it's just like, instead of me, like interrupting somebody, if they're out looking at a car, just be, you're in, you're in my zone right now. And uh, I'm going to say hi to you. I'm going to help you out here. Um, as well as at the time, you know, because there would also be like a lot of like criticism inside my mind. And I'd, you know, try to work with that. And I'd say, you know what, that was self-attack, but I love myself and I'm going to go do this. Um, there's just a whole bunch of different things I was doing. I try to be mindful throughout it. Okay. I'm feeling this pressure. Now let's go forward. So, yeah. Yeah. So many good uh, strategies you just hit on there. It reminds me, um, there was a, a man a number of years ago. Now we were doing an, an in-person event uh, and it was around conversation confidence and we were having them go out into the general Portland area and just go talk to random people. And, and everyone, you know, everyone was very uncomfortable before we we're going to do this exercise. And he, they buddied up with a partner and he was walking down the street with his partner and he'd been to the, he'd been to a, he's in the mastermind. He'd been to a couple of events. So now he was kind of a bit of a bit of a baller. And so he's telling this newer person, the event, he's like, you see this street, I am the king of this street. 
all these people are my loyal subjects and I will greet them warmly. And so he just like walked on the street, like he owned it. And the guy who was with him, like remembered it like years later, he was just like, that was amazing. You know? So the power of watching other people, the power of the environment and the culture of like, this is okay to do. You're allowed, you know, let's go do this, the healthy competition. Um, but one thing that's really standing out that you didn't say, but I, I'm putting two things together because earlier you were talking about, Hey, I've been ambitious. Like there's a theme here from age 12 or before of like, I want an outcome. I'm willing to be uncomfortable to get the outcome. Like, so when you're describing this stuff, the anxiety, the pressure, it's like, it's basically, it's, you're good. You're, it's going to happen. You're just trying to figure out how to work with the discomfort and the fears along the way. It's not like, well, if it's really uncomfortable, I'm not going to do it. It's kind of like, no, I'm, we're doing this. I'm here. Like we're doing it. So let me figure out a mental strategy or a reframe or a mindfulness. Like I'm going to do something. And that's a huge distinction that I don't think people, when I see people that are growing, their growth rate is slowed because they have kind of like a, I don't know how many points you want to put on it, but if it's like, okay, I'll go up to 30 discomfort points. But if it's beyond that, I'm not doing it. And there's just like a hard no in there. Whereas you, you're like, okay, that's 70 discomfort points. Holy cow. All right. Well, what, like, let me figure out how to work with this, but we want the outcome. So whether it's 30 discomforts or 70 or a hundred, like we're, let's figure it out. And I feel like that's just definitely the mark of highly successful people and entrepreneurs is their, their willingness to do what you're doing. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the word right there is willingness. Cause it's like, I wasn't feeling like a real strong, um, all right, happy. All right, we're going to go do this. It's just yeah. like, oof, this is uncomfortable right now. <laughs> and it's just, it's go time and you, you go do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, man. That's inspiring. Okay. So you followed the, uh, I love how I didn't know about that book, the 10 pillars of wealth and like the parables, cause you did that. That's how you showed up at that car dealership and you did have similar results. So after how many months it was, I don't know, you can remind us like what, what were your results there, uh, from, from showing up that way? Yeah. Uh, so this was, let's see, uh, what would that be after Basically, my second full month on the floor, I sold half a million dollars worth of cars. And that felt really, really, really good to me. Um, I'd never done anything like that before. I made the biggest paycheck I'd ever made. And it was also just like, I can do this. Wow, I can actually do this. Because the first month, you know, I sold some cars. It wasn't a ton. I was just like, oh, I hope those cars, that wasn't just a fluke. Then the second month, it's like, whoa, okay, I can actually do this. I can actually be good at this. So. Wait, so just for people, for people that know context, ha yeah. half a million in the second month, uh, where did that put you in, in terms of relation to what other people were selling? Was that medium, low end, high end? Um, it it kind of depends on the month. This was a while ago. So I think that was probably like the top third, top quarter, probably top quarter, maybe, maybe even top fifth, just, just that month. Wow. But yeah. Wow. Do you think that you... Was it purely volume and willingness to just go in at a faster rate? Or do you think that also something about social connection, emotional intelligence that actually also helped you with that? I mean, I mean, so I think certainly a lot of kind of social connection helps. Like I'm, 
I'm an honest guy. Like I'm authentic. I'll have my personality out. I can be charming. I'll be joking. I'll just be having a good time. And it's like my goal when I was with people is like, all right, how can I help you? How can I really help you find what you're looking for? Yeah. So I think there's a level of sincerity that gets communicated. Um, as well as so car dealership, um, my humor was just able to come out. I'd be joking, I'd be playing around, we're just having a good time. Um, and it's just like I think people really liked me and so, oh, okay, I trust this guy. Yeah, this is what I'm looking for. Okay, cool. Let, let's get it. Yeah. And so I had a a better success rate than, than a lot of other people out there. So. Oh, that's great. That's fun, man. It's fun. And, and you know, I, I don't know what the range is. I know when it comes to getting a car, I basically am like, I'm here to buy a car and buy a car today. Like, I don't know if a lot of people are more like they're going to dink around, but I'm like, I'm not gonna take all the time to come down here. If you guys got what I want, like, let's do this. Did you find that was the case? Or is it a lot of like, people that are like, I'm here, but get away from me. Yeah. I mean, I loved it when that was the case. Like when you get somebody, they know what they want. It's like, okay, that's a lay down sale right there. That was easy. Um, that is not everybody. Um, yeah. A lot of people, if they're going to buy a car, it's going to be within the next couple of weeks. They got their eye on a couple of different options. And then so in which case, you know, they might have a test drive scheduled somewhere else. My job was then to take all those people and get them to buy a car off our lot today. Because um, oh, there yeah. certainly were people like that, but that is not everyone at all. Yeah, maybe that's my own style. Like, let's just I mean, like when I bought a car, that, that's what I did. It's like, okay, yeah, I want it's, it's the high, uh, high D, high decisiveness right there. You just like, yeah. let's go. Let's, uh, okay, so that's that's uh, so it's uh, amazing. I mean, that's fast in terms of two months, right? I mean, I'm sure there's people that try in the first month, don't sell anything, and then burn out, you know. So, you, you definitely took that first parable, uh, first character in the parable trajectory. Um, how did other people in the car, how did other people, salespeople re observe, did they make comments about your progress or you, or what, what was the response you got? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, so like when you're there, uh, so actually my interview, the guy had, had warned me about this. He said, you don't want to be one of the people that stands around the water cooler, the, that stands around the water cooler bitching. Um, and you, you definitely, you know, like what that scene is like when you're in that environment. So it's just, most part, I don't really talk with them because like you got to be out there and selling. And then the people that you end up associating with are other people. It's like they're kind of at your level, that, that same level of kind of go-getterness. Um, yeah, a lot of people are like, wow, well done, well done. You get a lot of praise from management and leadership and then some of your coworkers, you know, because a lot of like there's a very, very high turnover rate in the car industry. And it's like a lot of the kind of more senior sales members there, they wouldn't really even talk to you for the first few months because mm -hmm. they think, oh, this guy might be gone. But as I started working there more and more, I started to build relationships with all of them just because you gain people's respect and they like you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. How long did you end up working there? That was like 10 months, I think. 10 months. Okay. So did you stay at the level you were at after month two or did you progress or what was your... I mean, so shortly after that, it became winter. So I live in a frozen tundra half the year in Minnesota. Um, oh, so wow. sales definitely go down during that time period. But then come spring, I think it was like February and then March, my numbers started picking way, way back up again. And yeah, my last month there, I sold more than I'd ever done. And you could also tell too, like my skills have definitely, definitely improved and kind of my smoothness and suaveness and being able to take people through my process. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Congratulations, man. That's uh, epic achievement. It's really fun to kind of walk through more of those details. And there's just so many lessons in there because, you know, obviously someone listening might, you might not want to be an entrepreneur or not be a salesperson, but it's, this is applies to everything. This applies to making friends. Like how many people are you willing to talk to? How many conversations are you willing to have? Dating, how many people are you willing to talk to? Are you willing to go on dates? Even if you're not sure if it's going to be the love of your life, like, are you willing to take risks in your career, even if you work for someone else in a company, um, it's this stuff 
is the is like there's a there's a willingness to go in i mean i'm thinking of the title of this episode it's got to be around something with willingness because that's that's how you're showing up so okay you've done that you've built this scale skill they probably want you to stay at this car dealership forever they're like well you live here <laughs> and and you know but you you're you know you got your eye on the the future vision so what was that next step for you after that yeah so at the time you know i mean the whole purpose of working at the car dealership was to learn to sell it was not to get a career there it was okay i want to have this skill set i want to learn how to sell and at that time, um, it's like my learning curve had really, really, really started going down. Like I was just getting a little bit better here and there. I was like, okay, I feel like I got this. I pretty much have learned what I what I came here to learn. And I'd, I'd wanted to move back to Medellin, Colombia, because I've been there uh, before. And so I was like, okay, I want to be able to pick back up and build my own business. So I ended up leaving there and uh, then trying to start selling websites because I'd taken a course on how to do that. So once I left there, I started doing that. I started Cocon, got a lot of a lot, lot, a lot, a lot of no's, but then I started having some successes. So I ended up sell, selling several websites. Um, meanwhile, I was also working like a part-time sales job on the side, um, just you know to be able to bring in some income. But yeah, that was kind of where I was at at that point. Wow, wow. So uh, in continuing the entrepreneurial streak, um, and uh, now that you have this skill set of sales, you're working in a part-time sales job, and are you just like kind of now that you got sales, you're just successfully selling at this other job too? At the other job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it took me, it was probably like a month or two, but yeah. And I started, you know, kind of being at the top of all my numbers there. So. Wow. That's uh, I can, I can imagine that the companies that hire you are, are pleased <laughs> to get that. Um, okay. So, uh, and I know that along the way, and this is another interesting thing is when you show up and you're willing um, there are m more opportunities arise than just what you go carve out for yourself. Cause somewhere along the way, there was also an opportunity to then go work for another company, right? Like in the digital ad space or digital marketing space. Correct. Yep. And so, yeah, how, did, so how did that come about? Yeah. So <laughs> that came about, I had been, so I, I truly believe this came about as a result of kind of the whole journey, you know, that I've been on and just a higher level of confidence willing to say what I think and just like really, really speak my mind, you know, cause like I've, I've got a, uh, I was texting one of my cousins back and forth cause she was making some YouTube videos and she was asking for my feedback and I just gave it to her exactly as I thought it, I thought it was really, really, really useful feedback. I mean, I, I didn't hold back. I didn't pull my punches and I think she respected that. And then afterwards, it was like after a couple of texts, she sent me this job application because uh like one of her best friends you know owns this digital marketing company that's who said hey i think you should apply to this at least like go go see like what it's about so i ended up checking that out i thought all right i'll just have an interview just kind of see what the company's about see if it's something that i'd be curious about so yeah ended up doing that having an interview and uh, you know, i had a second interview and all right i'm hired just because i thought this would be a great way to really learn more about digital marketing and to get in that space and just kind of learn how an agency runs to also just learn the ins and outs of digital marketing because I was able to learn, you know, a ton about SEO, a ton about websites, a lot more about Google advertising and Facebook advertising. The one thing that kind of sold me in the interview, this guy said, like, you're going to be able to meet with like residents of companies, CEOs, business owners, you know, from companies of all different sizes. And I was like, okay, I like the sound of that. That sounded really cool. Um, so yeah, part of that is like, okay, I like kind of the significance that I get from that. And another part was just like, what can I learn from these people? And so like, while I was there, it was really, really cool because 
I'd be able to learn about how this company functions, how it works. You know, okay, what is what are they currently doing for marketing? How are they currently making money? How are they currently getting customers? What's the structure of their company? Then I'd be able to come in as the expert and give them advice on exactly what to do with one of our uh, digital marketing solutions that we'd have. And so I thought, all right, that'd be a really, really cool opportunity. So I ended up taking that and uh, yeah, going down that route. Yes. And so, you know, another skill set to learn along the way, something that again, you'll have forever, right? You can learn the, the, the nature of marketing, right? Which is sort of, there's the marketing and then there's the sales. And, and then you recently concluded there. So tell us about the chapter that you're on now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had, so I'd taken this course on Google advertising because I was like, okay, I want to start selling Google advertising because you know, I'd sold some websites, but problem is that really didn't solve anybody's problem just because it didn't have anybody coming to their websites. Mm. I was like, all right, I want to learn how to do Google ads. So I'd taken this course on that. And uh, then the, you know, the guy who teaches the course, he ended up reaching out to me because, you know, he liked me, he respected me. And I said, all right, I, uh, I want to be able to create, you know, a partnership with you. And so we were able to do that. And so now I'm kind of partners with him. And so now I'm kind of getting, you know, new opportunities sent my way to be able to handle Google ads. And at the same time that I'm doing this, uh, now I also have uh, a coaching that I'm starting. So, cause really this was about five, six years ago, I decided, you know what, long-term, what do I really want to do with my life? What is most meaningful to me? It's not digital marketing. It's not sales. It's nothing like that. Um, I think those are all necessary business skills, but it's, I want to be a coach. Like I truly want to help people. Um, cause I decided that I had gone out to the mountains and I had just, on the mountainside, I just sat there and I thought, what would really be a meaningful life for me? And uh, I decided, well, you know, I've made some like massive progress in my life and I love doing that work. I love reading these books and kind of doing this progress myself to make changes in my life. I'd love to be able to help do that with others. In the limited experience that I'd had, I found that really enjoyable. So I decided I really wanted to do that. So this is actually a couple, about a month ago, maybe a little bit more, I signed up for this uh, course on how to become a coach. And so I'm currently going through that right now. I'm, I had a class earlier today. I'm doing classes every single day on how to become a coach. I coach every day and uh, learning that skill set right now. So that's really ultimately the direction that I'm doing right now and what I'm doing and moving forward to in the future. So, yes. Wow, man. Well, and you are, you know, you, it's been a, a long road yeah. to, you know, and, and you are set up with, I mean, key skills, right? Cause most people find, clients online it's possible to not but you know having digital marketing awareness very helpful for a coaching business uh, and then of course being able to sell and then help enroll people and making that decision to work with you I mean those are you have the key skill sets and so now you get to you're stepping into that and you know uh, depending on what kind of coaching you're doing, it, it might not involve um, sales or marketing in any way whatsoever. You know, you're not doing like consulting for that stuff, but still the, those skills are so valuable that they can, you can provide even additional value from what you've learned from all that to potential clients, even if you're helping them with personal. I find that like most of what I focus with people on is the personal side of things. Maybe even at work, it's like, how do I talk to this person? And how do I have confidence in myself? But still, there'll be moments where someone's talking about something in business or marketing or something. And I'm like, oh, I have like a lot of knowledge that I've learned uh, around that. And I just know that you're going to bring that too. Um, you know, we focused a lot on your career. And I think that's just one place. But I, from what I've seen, you approach other areas of your life in the same way, you know, like whether it's your social life. 
um, dating and relationships, which is like, okay, what is the most effective? My, my guess, my sense of the most effective path to get there. Okay, let me, let me take the path. And, uh, and here we go. And so <sighs> that piece, let's see if there's anything else that we can draw for people listening. What, let's say you had a client that you're coaching yeah. and they're like, okay, Trevor, I, I get that. I get that it makes sense to do this stuff. It's so uncomfortable. It's so hard. I just can't go talk to a million people at the car dealership like you. I just can't go approach a lot of people. I just can't, you know, have that direct conversation with a friend. It's just, ugh. you know, I just can't. You say at a client who is yeah. in that place, what, how would you, what would you say to them or how would you advise yeah. them? Absolutely. So, I mean, first, I'd really want to find out, like, what is, what, what do they want? Like, what is their motivation? Like, what is it that they really want? What's that thing they want? Why are they going after it? Finding out what they really don't want, you know, trying to pull out some motivation and then asking them what, what they can't do. Like, okay, if that's too much, you can't go talk to a million people. What can you do? A million is a lot. That's going to you a lot of days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's really funny about finding out though, like, what can you do? Um, you know, like you, you teach the, the concept of like those like value or action ladders or whatever. It's like, okay, if, uh, you know, going and walking up to, you know, a random stranger and trying to sell them something, if that gives you a lot of anxiety, like an eight out of 10, okay, we're not start with that. Maybe just walk by and try to make eye contact with somebody. It's like, okay, how much anxiety does that give you? And it's like on a scale one to 10, is that manageable? And just try to like bit by bit by bit by bit, kind of get to be able to do those actions that you want. Like this is something I recently did in my life. You know, because uh, an area of my life that I'd neglected is dating. And so I had found myself, all right, I want to go talk to women. I had been at this event on a day and it's like, all right, there were two attractive women there and I wasn't, fear stopped me. I wasn't able to go talk with them. And after that, I was like, screw this. I am figuring out this area of my life. Mm. And I'd been through your content. So I knew what to go, I knew what to go do. So right after that, I made a beeline to the mall and I went to the mall and I just, I went out and I did a bunch of friendly greetings. I just said hi to a bunch of random strangers. And I, cause I'd avoided doing that. I thought, you know what? I'm above that. I, I don't got to do this. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I went out and did that. I'm like, all right, I'm going to build up to talking with women I'm attracted to. So I went and did that. And then uh, a couple of days later, I started doing just drive-by compliments. Cause you know, that's kind of a next step up where you're interacting with somebody and you're telling them something that, that you like about them. So it's a little bit more intimate, a little bit more vulnerable. Um, and so it's like, that's kind of that next step. And then, you know, after that, I had a, a coaching session with you and it's like, okay, what's the next step for that? Um, now I'm actually going to go talk with, you know, beautiful women. So the day after I had my coaching session with you, I walked up to two women I found attractive. And I told them, you know what? I just want to let you know, I think you're really pretty. And so for me, it's like, boom, okay, I did that. And then it was a couple of days after that, I was at the beach and I was like, I was walking back from the woods and I saw these two ladies sunbathing in bikinis. I thought, Ooh, okay. I want to go say hi to them. Um, and, uh, so I was, that one really got my anxiety up. I had actually, I went, I went to my car, went in there, turned my car on. I was like, no, I'm just going to take off. Like, screw it. No. What would the most confident version of Trevor do right now? And in there, I turned, turned my car off, walked over to them and had a little conversation. Anyway, I was nervous. That was you know, not the best interaction, but you know, I still am very, very, very glad I did it. And I walked away just kind of with a strut in my step. It's like, I got my swagger now. I just did that. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and then, like that builds up from not being able to talk with women at uh, at that event. So, boom, now a couple weeks later, I'm talking with women. And since then, because that was very, very recent, like in the last week, what I've been doing is 
pretty much anytime I see an attractive woman, I walk up and talk to her. Like now, you know, I go to the gym. That's probably the most, that's the place in my life where I see, you know, the most women that I'm attracted to. So now it's pretty much every single time. Oh, I go up and I, I talk with her. Like yesterday I talked with this lady and, uh, you know, I had probably one of the longest interactions. And at the end you could tell, all right, that's a closed door right there. She wasn't interested. So then I just took off, but I feel amazing. Cause like I am living honest, honestly and truthfully and expressing, you know, my desire and, uh, just creating connections with people. So, but it's mm-hmm. step by step by step by step. Yes, man. I love how when you have that moment where you didn't do it, you know, the fear was too, it was the eight out of 10 or the 10 out of 10 or whatever. And you're just like, Ugh. Um, you know, it sounds like you didn't flip it into self attack and like, oh, I suck or hopelessness. It was kind of like, all right, that's it. It's like time to get in shape. Uh, and, yeah. and you took it as a as a motivator rather than as a some sign of uh in you know incapability or unworthiness or something like that yeah and you know like that's a recent concept that i was learning more about is like okay if you're feeling anxiety what can you do with that you can turn that into impulsivity and you can go overeat or you know you can go binge watch something you can go into this worry cycle or guilt or whatever or you can use courage and go do that thing that you know is right and it's like, that is a way to kind of deal with that. Okay, felt anxiety there. All right, what's that courage thing? For me, that was going to the bar. I felt anger. Like I was actually at that event, I was angry. I was like, I was angry at myself that I didn't do it. And it's like, okay, I'm not just going to sit with that and get depressed. It's like, okay, I'm going to use assertiveness right now. And I'm going to go talk with people. And so it's just like being proactive with it and actually utilizing it and going and getting what I want and moving closer to that goal. Even though I couldn't do my ultimate goal, it's like, what's a small step of that? that I can just get a little bit closer to it. Yeah, that's I love that. And and what's really fun about the story of seeing the two women on the beach and and the fear of it. And then the I've definitely been there where I like walk away and then I'm like, no, you gotta. And and sometimes those 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 go back moments are like really there was a you know, they're they're flaming wreckages. I remember there was a woman that I went on a date with and I just didn't feel any strong polarity or anything you know it was sweet but it was there was no like oh it's on um so we but then she like did things that were sort of you know she like invited we went for a walk it was in san francisco in the summer and she invited me like back to her apartment to like you know um just like have some water or something i don't know so it was kind of like these not it wasn't a totally closed door but it wasn't didn't feel like it was on so I, i just didn't feel the vibe so i didn't like move i didn't progress anything and then I was walking down the stairs of her house. It's kind of like, okay, see you later. And I was like, wait, she invited you into her place. Like, am I just scared? And so I'm not reading the signals or because, you know, at that point I had, a, you know, I don't know, handful of years of experience of dating under my belt, but I was still like in my, you know, back in my, I had most of my life practiced like being so shy, assuming she's not into me, missing all the signals, assuming there never could be a signal, all that. So I was kind of like, you know what? I got a, the new version of me. What was the most confident? But the most confident version of me would have like found out for sure, not just assumed. So I was like halfway down the stairs and I'm like, all right, fuck it. We're going back. So I turned back up the stairs, walk up the stairs to where she was still in the kitchen. And then they're like, oh, there, I forget what I said, some little line. And then like I went in for the kiss. And she was like, whoa, like pulled back and gave me the cheek. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and, and it was awkward. And I don't, I wouldn't say I walked away with a strut in my step, but I, I walked away like feeling better than if I had just not tried. 
And, mm. and I've heard this again and again from clients is like the rejection might seem bad, but it actually feels better to go for it boldly and get rejected than to not go for it at all for me at that stage in the game. And so I just love that story of like, you know, it's like these two parts, right? And the part that retreats. And once you've retreated, it doesn't mean you have to, you can change it at any time. And then when you do that, like walking down, talking to these women, like, you know, it's just a moment in time. It's not like an epic, what people might would call an epic adventure, but your life feels adventurous when you're doing the thing that makes your heart pound in a, in a given day, whether that's in dating, whether that's in something at your workplace, it's like a willingness, a courage. And so courage not only gets you more of what you want in life, which is a great benefit, it also makes you feel more alive regardless of the outcome. So that's really loud and clear in your stories, man. Yeah, I like that. For me, I view it as like, it's living at your edge. All right, so in this area of your life, that's my edge right now. Like that's where that, that's where the area of discomfort is. But on the other side, it's like that thing that you want. It's like, all right, where's the edge? Where am I at? What am I going to do? But, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting feeling at the edge. It's like, um, uh, I'm sure, you know, whether someone's into skiing, snowboarding, biking, um, skateboarding, surfing, something where you're like riding something and you're going like faster than your mind says you can. You're just kind of like something, something, because you know that if you're going that speed and you do fall, it's going to hurt a lot more than if you're like, you know, on the back, leaning back and trying not to do it. But there's this a little bit out of control feeling or a lot out of control. And, and it, in your mind is like, this is too fast. This is too much. I'm going to, you know, cheese grate my legs or whatever. And yet, <laughs> yet something else kicks in like beyond the mind, your body knows your subconscious knows the divine intelligence knows like something that we don't get access to when we're holding back in that way. And so there's a way that I've seen you jump into your life repeatedly in all these areas, dating being the most recent one where you're just like, yeah, let's like, uh, people say like, I think it's like getting ahead of your, it's like the skis, like you're just like leaning out ahead of them and then boom, and then you figure it out and you might fall, but you get back up and then you are able to, and then eventually, you know, you're, there's this exhilarating feeling of, of moving through your life or skiing down the mountain in a, in a way that's beyond whatever your stories of what you thought you could do. Yeah. There's definitely an aliveness to it. Like you just feel alive when you're doing that, when you're being vulnerable, you're saying that thing that you want to say, and you just being truthful and honest and just, all right, what, what is me? How do I want to express myself? Yeah. You feel alive. I like that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, heck, I just feel more alive being around you, man. I'm sure people listening do as well. Um, I know you're in the process of getting everything set up with your, your coaching. Um, I, you know, I'd say that the, the best, you know, if someone wants to uh, work with you. I'm sure people, more and more people will. Um, at some point we're going to, we'll probably go back to this show notes at some point when we have a site for you and, and we can put that in too. So if someone's listening to this later, go to shrinkfortheshyguy.com, shrinkfortheshyguy.com and just look up this episode. Trevor's name will be in the title. So you can just do a search and put Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R. It'll pull up this interview and then we'll have the, uh, when, when you got your site and everything up and running. So uh, someone can find you and learn more. You also have a YouTube channel uh, build better habits. Is that what it's called? Get better habits, get better habits. Yeah. Who wants to build them? You just want to get them. I learned that from uh, one of my mentors in in marketing. It was like, don't say like, 
build it just say get it because that's what people want they just they want the thing they don't want to be building it so get it now (laughs) get it uh trevor is there any last uh thought words wisdom anything you'd want to share to someone who's on this same path as us both of us i see you as a brother on the same path a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for you anything at all that that you think would be useful for people to know as we conclude today yeah i guess my parting thought is like, be the leader of your life. And like, what does that mean? So like, what do you really want in your career? It's like kind of taking proactive action at that. What do you want for your social life? That's another area of my life we didn't touch, but it's just like, go create the social life you want. If you want to have more friends, it's like, go put yourself out there. Um, go join groups where it's like, okay, I've shared interests with these people and you know, be open to people. You know, dating, it's, you got to take the action. You got to be proactive. It's like, go do that. That means, that means being the leader and going first and just doing it. If you really want it to take ownership of that, I think that is my main kind of final summarization of everything. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Be the leader of your life and go create it. And that's true. And, uh, you are a powerful creator and, uh, I'm so excited, man. I just feel like there's so you're just getting started you're just i mean it's it's been a, it's it's been a, a mini long mini year journey and that's that's so true so i cannot wait to see all that unfolds for you and how many people you touch and have and will continue to to help uh with your coaching i think that call that you feel is um feels looks from my perspective spot on for uh one of your purposes here on this planet and what you have to offer so a pleasure to uh, to know you, and of course, a pleasure to talk with you today, man. Thank you so much for sharing, and uh, until we uh, meet again, and thanks for listening to this episode. Until we speak again, may have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. Thanks, Trevor. Thank you. That brings us to the end of the interview. Not quite the end of the show, though, because there's one other thing we got to end with, which, as you know, hopefully by now, is action. Time for action. 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 Here's your action step for today. It's quite simple, quite broad. After listening to Trevor, he's inspiring, isn't he? So what are you inspired to do now? After hearing how he's approached his life and and continues to show up, what what are you inspired to do? Is there something, maybe it's a big change. You know, he's made a lot of big changes in his life. Maybe it's a small change. Maybe it's a tweak. Maybe it's a decision. Maybe it's something. But if you listen to this episode and you're just like, wow, good for him. Wow, you, you go for it, buddy. And then you go to look at yourself and you're like, well, I don't know about for me. I mean, that sounds uncomfortable. So one way to think about it is if you were 100% willing, what might you do? There's your action step for today. I look forward to more. Thank you for being with me. And until we speak again, may have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.